I honestly think that if we were in charge of the NBA, we'd be crushing it by now. Think about the comments right now when you say that. You're like, no, you fucking won't. Except for the fact that we've now solved a stats problem, solved a refing problem. What other problems have we Refereeing solved? Refereeing accountability. Adam, just give me, <laughs> give me one chance. Welcome to the Basketball Forever podcast. I'm Nick Jungfer, head of editorial here, and joining me, the founder and a man who's being sued via Instagram, Alex Sumsky. <laughs> <What's>, <laughs> we've got so many of those. A, a, few, a few incoming lawsuits. We have these exchanges with people because, you know, we're an open book. Like yeah. we, we have been for the last decade. Mm. Everyone knows that if they want to get into con- in contact with us, they can and we'll have a conversation with them, whether it's in the comments or DMs or whatever. Um, and they get mad and then, you know, if I, I, I now I'm in this habit of if I've had a good exchange, I ask for permission for it to be in the podcast. <laughs> and they immediately respond with, if you, if you put this in the podcast, I'm suing you for defamation. It's like a, you know, like a citizen's arrest. This is like a citizen's lawsuit. I'm like, <laughs> like, do you know how defamation works? Yeah. It's got to be, I've got to have defamed you. Like, if, if I just tell the truth and show our exchange, that's not defamation. Yeah. Uh, I'm no lawyer, though, so, I, you know, we'll see. People just want to say their piece. They're not even expecting a response. So, when you reply to them. That's what it is. And start owning them, it, it suddenly they don't want it to be seen anywhere. No, you got to listen to this. Hold on. i got to show you. Wait, where, <laughs> where's this guy? So, this guy, he's so funny. He didn't want to be named in it. And I didn't want him to get trolled. So I was like, oh, okay, I won't name you. So this guy's saying, don't even use my name, I suppose, in his eyes. That'll be an even bigger lawsuit. Yeah, he's (laughs) he's just like, you know, if you use my name, I'm suing the shit out of you. Yeah. Anyway. Or use any of this, right? He didn't even want. No, he said it was okay. Oh, he said it's okay as long as there's no name. So he thinks he's right. That's the first thing. That's the most important part of this. Yeah. So he goes, so the the, the, the video goes up. It's the uh, new footage of Anthony Edwards with his assault charges. And we obviously wrote an article for the site. Yeah. And it was just a simple report. There was nothing to it. It was the statement of the facts. And then it had the video attached to it. Yeah. And it ex- explained what happened and explained the um, what the organization said about it and, you know, all the rest. It was very simple. Yeah. So we put a story out for that, like a swipe up on uh, Instagram stories. And he goes, shitty reporting by you guys. No surprise you didn't post this for comments. It's like, okay. And I just said, what do you mean? And then he didn't really reply straight away. And I sent screenshots of every news outlet that shared the exact same, wrote the exact same story. In the in the same way. In the same way. Very it's similar a, headlines, very, just, 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 a report. just a straight up report of what occurred. So this man, forgetting that we're the media, says, be better than the bum ass media. <laughs> the man did nothing wrong. These workers are just out for a payday. And I was like, all we did was a write up the facts of the story and share the video. What's wrong with that? How's that shitty reporting? And then I said, do you mind if we feature your DM on the podcast, please? <laughs> That's always where people suddenly change their, you know, they become a little less sure, uh, sure of themselves. He says, prefer you didn't, but if you do, just don't use my name. 
And then he said, would have liked to have seen a basketball page note how ridiculous the situation is rather than follow the stupid hype from the media. <laughs> and I said, it's just a report on the assault and a video showing what happened. You're making it a bigger deal than it is. Not really. I just said a sentence to a page with a million followers. I didn't expect a reply, let alone a bunch of screenshots and continuing on. I expected better from you guys. So he's mad that you... <laughs> Take that how you will. <laughs> so when he says he expected better, like he's mad that you responded and defended us. And he wasn't expecting that, so he got upset. I just said, if you didn't expect a reply, why did you message? You just wanted to have a one-sided conversation? I was ready to discuss the particulars of this with you. I was just making a statement, he says. Not trying to start a conversation. Learn the difference. <laughs> I explained why I said it, and I stand by it. This whole conversation has just proven my point even more. You're getting so pressed over the slightest criticism. I'm not the one here who needs to grow up, because I told him to grow up. I said, why bother messaging if you didn't want a conversation? Do you know that direct message is a two-way form of communication? The other thing is if you don't reply, people send another one saying, coward. Yeah, you just don't want to reply to me. Yeah, you can't win. Um, he says, get over it. I was just expressing my frustration at the shitty job you did. Can already tell you're some flog from Melbourne or Sydney with the <laughs> way you're whining over this. I just said, I just recapped it for him. I was like, if, when he says that, I'm like, of course it's an Aussie guy. Yeah, I just as soon said, as he says flog, you know he's an Aussie. I said, to recap for the podcast, you messaged us about a report saying shitty reporting because we simply reported the facts of the situation and shared the video of what occurred. When I questioned what you meant, given it was a normal report covered by the entire media, you said, be better than the media and that the workers were just looking for a payday. And I responded by saying that all we did was write the facts, which is what reporting is. Uh, you then followed up saying... Uh, followed up uh, saying that we should have said how ridiculous it was, which is no longer reporting, by, by the way. That's now an editorial piece, mm. which I pointed out to him. I said, uh, I said you've overblown this. You followed that up with being upset that I replied to begin with and that I provided screenshots supporting my position and that you expected better. Have I got that right, mate? <laughs> yeah. Say that, and especially with my name, and I'll sue you for defamation and lying. <laughs> oh my god you're cooked in the head full-blown narcissistic traits and how much you can lie and flip the truth actual bunch of fucking babies i said sue me please and he goes let's see how it plays out <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Oh, these guys are comedy oh and, the and then he said he's gonna unfollow and not just unfollow he's telling his mates to unfollow that's gonna end us oh that's actually gonna yeah. I just said, sh shiver me timbers. Yeah. You know what's wild as well is you, you think it's a 16-year-old kid when you get messages like that and the number of times- No, it's a dude. It's a father of three. He, he is. He's a, he's dude, like, it's a full-grown man with kids, probably a wife at home, and he's worried about yeah. whether a video was posted or not or whether something was a report with an opinion or not an opinion. The particulars of our headlines. You're 12 and from the East Coast. There's not an ounce of professionalism about you. <laughs> As though my job is to be a professional to you. Yeah. Like, like my job description was if this absolute muppet, Damien, I don't want to use his God, name. I, don't I made that name, name up, by the way. I don't want to use his name. Hopefully it's not Damien. It's not Damien. <laughs> if some bloke is upset by something, yeah. my job 
used to hold his hand and make sure he feels okay about it. Yeah. It's it's crazy. But the, the delusions of grandeur that some fans have is off the charts. At least it's content. It is content. <laughs> Gives us a chuckle during the week and to start the podcast. I know. Weeks. I love sharing these little stories. <laughs> oh, okay. So let's shift gears a little bit. Please do. You remember how there was so much chat in particular maybe a month or two ago when, you know, the Lakers felt hard done by by the refereeing and there was it was a fever pitch, the debate of uh, the refs are getting out of control and all of that. What about the scorekeepers? So hmm. they got a bit of attention when there was the whole Jaron Jackson thing. The the post on Reddit went viral pointing yep. out that he... I remember that. Yeah, blocks in particular was averaging significantly more at home mm-hmm. and, and that was everywhere. But... So what brought this to my attention was uh, someone who was formerly a scorekeeper, also with the Grizzlies, but in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And he basically went on to say he realized how much, how able he was to just sort of throw out assists everywhere. Really? Yeah. And so I'll read, how do you just dish, you can I'll just read dish you a few up. things out. Yeah, okay. Um, this has been picked up by uh, some other places in the past, mm-hmm. including Deadspin, but I feel like it never sort of gained true... Momentum or is this attention. another conspiracy theory? <laughs> is it technically well, a conspiracy? Maybe theory? are we on our third here? Maybe it's a little bit in that area, but just see because maybe it's got more legs than you mm-hmm. may suspect. Yeah, okay. And you, along with the viewers, can see what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, so this guy, he po- he wrote all about it, um, and he was so. Firstly, do you think it's a bit interesting that the scorekeepers work for the teams? You know what? I didn't ever think – so this is how – and you know, maybe this is naive, maybe it's not. Yeah. I always assumed that scorekeepers were league employed. But you always see them sitting there and they're, they're wearing the team polo, not the – I didn't think about it. Yeah. I, honestly, it's, it had never crossed my mind until I saw the uh, Jaron Jackson report that the numbers were getting fudged. Can you imagine if the referees were like, oh, yeah, they're all employed by – well, in the case of – I mean, that's where home cooking comes from. Was it right? Eric Lewis? Was it he? Everyone said, oh, this man is employed oh, by the Celtics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave him out. Jamie, pull that tweet up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but him aside, can you imagine if it was like, oh, tonight's referee crew is employed by the Los Angeles Lakers. It's like- Or they, or they okay. had a sponsor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be worse. Yeah. No, actually, it wouldn't be worse, but it would be bad. Okay, so- it's weird though, right? It is weird. That they're employed by the team. I didn't I I only never thought about it until Jaron Jackson's blocks. Even if they weren't deliberately uh biased, I also think a lot of bias can be subconscious. Mm-hmm. You sort of just Oh, that was def that was definitely an assist because it was my guy. And I, then it's the other team and you're thinking, Oh, we can't be hundred percent sure that was an assist. I catch myself doing that like so I have to bring myself back down to earth sometimes. I'll be watching NBA. Yeah. And it's crazy the way that you can manipulate in your mind oh, yeah. what you're seeing to support your 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 viewpoint. Like the yeah. confirmation bias when you're watching a game can be off the charts. Yeah. So I I, I imagine that if I was there, uh, I'm not particularly great with numbers. I'm not quick on my feet. So I wouldn't be a statistician. Yeah. But if I was in another parallel universe, I just feel like I could easily start sort of inadvertently fudging the numbers. Right. You know, you work for the team. You're probably 
you may be not there in the locker room with the players, but you're just around them all the time. You might feel like you kind of know them mm-hmm. just because you work for the same team. You just see them around the place. So anyway, this guy who, with this whole write-up that was picked up by Deadspin and others uh, a while back, mm-hmm. he kind of went deliberately ham at one point yeah. is what he's claiming. Um, so he was a Lakers fan, but he was working for the Grizzlies back when they are in Vancouver. This is in the 1997. 97. And so, do you think it's a bit interesting that Nick Van Axel had 23 assists, which is just one shy of Magic Johnson's record? Like, that's possible, but seems pretty crazy that that happened. Uh, Van Axel, he was... 23? He was was him. He was like that, wasn't he? Like one every minute and a half. I mean, yeah, he wasn't Magic Johnson, though. Yeah. Anyway, it's possible. Yeah. But this guy is saying... So he claimed to have worked that game, um, says partly because I'm a Lakers fan and partly because I disagreed with the blatant stat manipulation that he had seen going on on the Mm. score bench. He basically wanted to see how far he could stretch things. He said, if he, as in Van Axel, was vaguely close to a guy making a shot, I found a way to give him an assist. He also said, afterwards, I fully expected someone to talk to me about it. And indeed they did. A senior management guy... But he said, great job. This will get this game on Sports Center tomorrow morning. Wow. And so Jeez. he kind of goes damning. on to make was that and that was on the record. Yeah. That he, seems almost unbelievable. Yeah. We'll put up where this has been picked up um, and where it was originally written. But Jesus. we can, you know, provide screenshots and the rest. Uh, but he kind of goes on to make the point that. To hit some of these teams' stats are like a marketing opportunity, and that's more important than them being truth. Hmm. So, I mean, we've sort of known this, right? Like, mm. I think in the way that the and we've talked about this before, in the way that the entity is structured, it is an entertainment entity, right? It's not a sporting competition or league. It yeah. is by name, but, but by it nature, it's more entertainment. And a business, an entertainment that's, business. That's right. And I think that the way that they've structured that, and we'll fact check all of this, I'm, but I, I can find the information. But I think the way that they structured the NBA was that because it is an entertainment product, yeah, that they had discretion over things like results and stats and all the rest because it mm. was very much like a WWE. Yeah. Like it's a spectacle more so than it is... A sporting event. Yeah. Yeah. If I can we Adam Silver with it takes the steel chair over the head. It's like we're <laughs> getting to that point. Maybe not quite. It's not quite the WWE, but sometimes Sometimes the stories are so insane that it's like on that level of Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know you think about from a content standpoint as well, where say a guy has if Russ had twenty, ten and nine, we know he goes well, especially lately when you know he has a triple double and mm. it's a comeback story, it feeds this perfect mm. narrative. We would do anything to give him that tenth. Of course. Assist or rebound, whatever he needs. Of course. And if you're on the score bench and you actually have the power to do it and you work for that team, it would take all the control in your body to not just try and give him, look for any excuse to give him one. Yeah, you'd be looking. You'd be looking. You'd be looking. Um, do you remember actually, and sorry to like uh, go on too much of a tangent. Yeah, yeah. But in the same vein as what you're talking about, I remember the first time that, not the first time, but I remember in the social media era when the discussion around what was um, 
you know, what was considered the league trying to force an outcome and, and not was when they wanted the Lakers to make the playoffs that year. Uh, what year was it? I think it was the year when it was like, it was Kobe, uh, Dwight and Nash. Oh, that, yeah. Those Lakers. Yeah. And they went on that crazy second half of the season run, second best record in the league after the Bulls. Yeah. And there was sort of, they, they had to have a certain record in the 10 games and there was like some really questionable calls that was so overt and blatant yeah. that everyone was saying, this has got to be rigged. And I, one that sticks out was against the Minnesota Timberwolves and Ricky Rubio got absolutely rugged somehow. Yeah. Uh, and he was up in arms about it. But um, it's not the first time that like, I mean, the fact that now that there's this conversation that are they doing this with stats doesn't surprise me in the least given their history. Yeah. They just think about the money that they stand to gain if the Lakers are not only the most famous team along with the Celtics, but then they're in the second biggest market in the country as well. Mm. Just all those extra dollars and it's a business. It's a dollar-making machine. Mm. You can definitely kind of believe it. Anyway, so this scorekeeper, former scorekeeper, he reckoned that he kept pretty close tabs on the sorts of things that went on mm-hmm. on score benches, yeah, uh, which is where he ended up in this very cynical frame of mind. I'm interested. I'm hooked now. Yeah, yeah. The, I didn't realize someone was out keep- there running their mouth like this. Whistleblower. Yeah, it's wildly. Um, he estimated, he reckoned there were about 20 a game, up to 20 a game unintentional errors. 20. And they're probably more. Feels inten- high, right? But then more I, I'm so, above I, the unintentional. He also thinks there's double that in intentional errors. Double. Now, so, so what are we the talking? Numbers are we're talking bit, 40 errors a game. Yeah. Jeez. Now, those numbers feel a bit high. <laughs> but, you know, even if this guy, even if it was half what he's claiming. Yeah. I wonder the if po- there's a way that we, we... Maybe we should, like, sit down and watch a game and just watch the stats and do it ourselves. Well, it's interesting because, and we'll get to, we'll tie this in with um, Jaron Jackson Mm. and that whole thing in a minute. Or maybe we will now because this is so relevant actually. Um, Kevin O'Connor, in the the heat of that Jaron Jackson controversy, he went through, because it was the blocks was the the real sticking point with that whole uh, Reddit post. Which now is even more precarious given he's won the Defensive Player of the Year now. Yeah. Off the back of it. And th- it's really interesting when guys are up for awards as well. And there's a real motivation for the, you know, how hard teams campaign for their guys to win. Well, it's not just that. And then there's contract bonuses for award right. winners. It can make a huge difference for mm. some guys, whether it's an award or all NBA. Um, but so KOC, the great man from the ringer, went through and watched every block from all different angles. And he said, out of the 66 that have occurred to that point in the season, only three were absolutely not blocks. But a lot of the ones that he's saying are legitimate and he posted the video of some of them. It's like a fingernail. And it's like, okay, so technically there were only three incorrect ones. But how many fingernail blocks do you think Triple J is getting on the road? Do you know what I mean? This still comes back to those really gray areas and the assists are such an interesting one as well. The way they call assists in the NBA is already extremely generous. I can't keep up with it. I pr- much prefer FIBA's system. Yeah. In the NBL, uh, it's 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 a when little I bit was, more clear cut. 
when I was a kid, I only watched like really young, like 10, 12, I only watched Australian basketball. It was too hard to even watch mm. the NBA. Uh, and the way they kept assists in our juniors games and the NBL and in the Olympics, uh, FIBA, that's all I knew. It mm. blew my mind how they do it in the NBA. And it just leaves so much room for interpretation. To, it makes it so easy to just hand a guy an assist. It leaves so much room for interpretation of, oh, that was an assist, mm. that wasn't. If you want to really stretch it, it may not seem that crazy because the standard has been set that it's already a bit of a stretch. Yeah. it's. I think that um, the one thing that I always found so, maybe not peculiar, but given the NBA's obsession with trying to give as many free assists out as possible. Yeah. I, I, I find it funny that in FIBA, you get you get an assist if um, someone's, you make a play, someone's fouled, they go to the free throw line yeah. and make buckets there. Yeah. Whereas in the NBA, you that's not a uh, recorded assist. They're so desperate to hand them out and then they don't give you for that when they should. Unless they're compensating. But either way, I yeah. always found that weird. I was like... <laughs> The, in FIBA, they try so hard to not give you an assist, but then they'll give you a freebie if someone gets fouled. Yeah. And then in the NBA, they actually say no. Yeah, it's you, weird. You haven't heard that one. It's, it's just wild how much is up to the scorekeepers, how much control they have. Um, and as we've seen, this particular individual uh, from back in the day with the Grizzlies mm. went completely rogue, or at least he claims he did. And Van Exel's uh, assist numbers certainly back that up. Unless you actually believe he was dishing out a genuine assist every minute and a half of play. Now I want to go back and watch that game. Yeah. It'll be on YouTube somewhere. It will. I, yeah. I'd like to see all 23 assists just to be sure. Yeah. I'll yeah. bring it up next week. I'll watch it. That's my homework. And I, next week I will tell you whether or not I think that guy's capping. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. Um, I'll tell you what's absolutely like hard numbers. Mm. We know this is not capping. I went looking. I went digging for, okay, there was some shady stuff going on. It seemed a bit interesting what was going on with Jaron Jackson. Mm. Obviously, the Grizzlies and NBA denied it like you'd expect. Of course. But it's still pretty hard to explain those numbers. Yeah. Um, anyway, went digging and I was like, where else can we see? You know, is there, is there a similar home cooking going on elsewhere? Mm. Because it was only ever Triple J that was discussed. And I started with uh, Boston, their main guys, Phoenix, wasn't finding anything. But the more and more I looked into the Grizzlies, I was, I was like, maybe the Grizzlies just home cooking across the board. And they sure as hell are, at least according to really? what I found. Yeah. Okay. So let me just give you, we can put up on the screen like more comprehensive stuff, mm -hmm. but I just want to start by giving you some of the most noticeable. Okay. And I'll give you to, give them to you as percentages as well. Sure. Um, so Ja Morant at home. Rebounds 25% higher than they are on the road. Desmond Bain steals 85% higher at home than on the road. Stephen Adams, uh, his turnovers are 46% lower at home. His blocks, and remember, blocks is like one of the, and mm. turnovers is another one where you can sort of say, oh, that wasn't really that player's fault or whatever. Mm. Um, blocks are up 30% at home. For Stephen Adams, Tyus Jones, his assists are up twenty percent at home. 
Um, and then there are a lot of guys where the percentage may not be quite as egregious as, as those ones. But like you go through player by player, Triple J, more rebounds, assists, steals, as well as blocks. It wasn't just the blocks. What percentage of his blocks went up from home to road? I don't have the percentage. Oh, I'd have to do it on the fly. You put me under the pump here. Oh, no. I but, see. Um, Last thing I want to do is make you do on the fly maths. If I'm not doing on the fly <laughs> yeah, maths, you don't want to make me do I'm not putting you in that on, position. On the fly maths. Not you part of the job description. I'm just going to do it for a, anyway. 26%. It is. Yeah. Uh, Triple J going up. Yeah. Um, so, no. No, sorry. I was looking at turnovers. Oh, God. 33%. That's, his, that's hefty. Yeah. Um, it was what I was talking about before was actually the decrease in turnovers. All these guys just about have way less turnovers at home, conveniently. Um, so then, and don't ask me for more percentages that I don't I, well, I promise I won't. <laughs> but so with Jar, it was the rebounds that were particularly egregious, but also has more assists, steals, and blocks and less turnovers at home. Desmond Bain, uh, more um, steals was the egregious one, but also has more assists at home. Um, the only guy that remains sort of out of their eight guys that play the most, Dylan Brooks was, I thought maybe this man's getting absolutely stitched up on the road. But uh, he had less turnovers at home, but otherwise he's better on the road. Maybe he's just in full fuck you mode on the road. I, um, I am so happy that the Memphis Grizzlies are not giving him a contract next season. Yeah, you and the rest of the world. He was the... Uh, He's the biggest. He's the hardest watch now in the NBA. Oh yeah, the hardest watch. Painful stuff. Um, I'll just quickly finish the list because Stephen Adams had more rebounds, assists, blocks, and less turnovers at okay. home. Uh, Tyus Jones more assists and less turnovers at home. So it's sounding like what Memphis's entire <laughs> stats team are in cahoots. <laughs> Maybe, but do you think this is so, like? It's possible that players just play better at Don't home. Don't they just play better at home, do you think? But do they play like 30 to 40% better at home? That's the that's where some of those increases are pretty mm. wild. And um, it was easier to explain away when we thought it was just Jaron Jackson and just say maybe this man, there's just something about when he plays at home and it's something about him. But team-wide, should you really be, yeah, like I said, when your turnovers are down almost 50% at home or your blocks are up 35%, it's... I think I've got the perfect way to solve this problem. <laughs> okay. This is how you solve the problem. Your team travels to play at another team's arena or whatever. Yeah. You bring your st statisticians with you. Um, they've got theirs at home. You do each other's stats. Nice. This is like in school where it's like you mark each other's tests. Yeah. 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 If you're the Grizzlies, you do the Lakers stats. If you're the Lakers, you do the Grizzlies stats and they're the stats. Any statisticians listening would have been hating this episode up until the point where they get to travel. Yeah. Now they're like, we're hitting the road, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now it's a way better job. Yeah. Um, Corruption paid off. I feel- We I, don't know that they're corrupt. I honestly think that if we were in charge of the NBA, we'd be- crushing it by now oh this the comment think about it think about the comments right now when you say that be like no you fucking won't yeah well yeah okay except for the fact that we've now solved a stats problem we've solved a refing problem 
what other problems have we Refereeing solved? Refereeing accountability. Yeah. yeah. We, we've, we've had intricate systems now. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've solved a myriad of different issues yeah. within the NBA. Just, Adam, just give me, <laughs> give me one chance. Adam is never, ever talking to us. He wasn't no. in the first place, but he's no. definitely not now. Oh, he could. He, he'd probably talk to us as a meme. It was like a meme value in him talking to us. He might, you know, like a between two ferns. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Nah, that's that's the easiest way I think you would fix that stats problem. Yeah. But they probably, again, these are one of those things that, you know, refing there is an incentive to fix that process. Yeah. That, That there is no incentive to fix stats. This guy is right in that it is marketing. For the NBA at the yeah. end of the day. You think yeah. about how much material it gives the NBA, but also any given team, especially if you're a team that's a bit, uh, you know, just a little bit irrelevant. Mm. Like what the hell does the Charlotte Hornets social media team have to get excited about? May as about? well give Lamelo so another triple-double. Exactly. Mm. If one or if some if Kelly Oubre, you know, is getting close to something statistically interesting yeah. you're going to do everything you can to make that happen right yeah i guess so um but we touched on this earlier but the other thing is the guys that really interest me the ones who uh in contention for an award mm. um so that was Jokic and Embiid with the two leaders and Giannis is kind of in the conversation as well mm-hmm. uh but Jokic and Embiid really were the leaders there Jokic more points Okay, well, actually, points is kind of hard to fudge, so maybe we won't worry about points so yeah. much. But more rebounds, assists, steals, blocks at home, and less turnovers. Embiid, and this was a red-hot MVP race. It was neck and neck. They Until Embiid took it out. In yeah, the yeah, but up until the last second. Mm. Embiid at home, more rebounds, steals, blocks, less turnovers. So Embiid, 15% more rebounds at home. His block numbers were up 36%. From 1.4 blocks to 1.9. And then Jokic, his rebounds are up 24% at home. His assists are up 31% at home. So Hmm. pretty significant. And again, maybe all it is is you play better at home. But I would expect like maybe 10%, 20 max increase. When they start getting high 30s and into the 40s in the increases across an entire season, that's where it's like, holy hell. I mean, the, the must, I, put, I, saying, put value, I put value in, in home crowd. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying court. that's the whole discrepancy. Yeah, of You course. know, 10% of the 35% or whatever it may be could sure. be because they play better at home. Sure. Jokic doing his thing in that altitude or whatever. But mm-hmm. you can't tell me none of it is home cooking. I, I'd need, I, I'm going to use this because the Van Exel one is the one that we've actually got. Yeah. I'm going to now watch that game. I'm going to watch that game and I'm going to go through these uh, mm. these assists. Yeah. And if I find in that game that there's a huge discrepancy, mm. I am prepared to believe that this could be just, uh, par- you know, partly a marketing ploy. Yeah. I'd believe it because why the hell would I not believe it? There's so many instances of yeah. this in the NBA, not necessarily with stats, but in other ways. So I, it's not beyond you know, comprehension that stats would be a part of that too. I'd be amazed if all 23 of those assists are And the fact that the fact that you can't keep other teams accountable, like you can't keep your opponent accountable and vice versa. Yeah. That does seem silly now. And now that I'm thinking more about it, my idea is actually really good, respectfully. And we should say that the, the NBA 
made this point during the Jaron Jackson stuff that they there is an independent team off-site that aren't employed by any teams. They are just, you know, employed by the league instead that reviews everything. So they're saying, oh, there couldn't possibly be any home cooking going on here. Mm. But uh, the numbers suggest otherwise. You need a third party. You need yeah. like a fact checker. Yeah. That's not affiliated with the NBA, like kind of like how Facebook has. Yeah. Um, because... Because the NBA still wants to pump stuff up. Of course. Yeah. Having the NBA check its own homework, oh, that's not... Yeah. yeah that's exactly. not very helpful. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Well, interesting nonetheless. Interesting. Mm. Yep. Mm. Um, if anyone else out there, I guess, has ideas to fix this, because we always want to hear what people have to say. Or if you even think this is real, or maybe you can find... Because I, I can remember there's been times where crazy assists have been awarded and things like that over the years like seen it being awarded what's worse is when I've seen them being taken away yeah below what their line was yeah in a, in a sports betting market that, yeah. that one's a killer that's happened a lot makes me wonder who gets who's paying who but that's you know we've got to be careful considering we could have a wagering partner on this podcast in the next two weeks <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't jeopardize can't be making too many claims don't be jeopardizing that mm. but yeah, there there is so much room to manipulate these stats. Yeah, and also maybe people watching or listening have seen other non-Van Axel examples of holy hell, this game was a particularly yeah. egregious one. Share them, please. Let us know. Let us know, um, and we can circle back around next week on. Just we'll carve out a little bit of time just to have a full circle moment on that. I'm definitely watching. Well, until then, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll see you guys soon. Bye.